reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 1 through 45. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. The Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, A short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would have not died. But I know even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, see Lord. Lord. They replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? 
But some of them said, Could not he open the eyes of the blind man who had kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had been, seen what Jesus did believed in him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Tuesday nights are one of the most difficult nights for me personally because we, my wife and I, decide that we're going to sit down and watch one of our evening soap operas, if you will. And the one we watch is called This Is Us. Now, my wife being raised in a Pollyanna household where everything was right and it was lever beaver attitude, it was wonderful. Me, I was raised with five kids, a mom and a dad, and things weren't always wonderful, but we loved one another. But this show reminds me emotionally of the family I grew up in. And so when I watch it, it's hard for me to watch it with a smile on my face, but yet there are some deep lessons. And this Tuesday, one of my favorite actors, Gerald Rainey, who plays Dr. Katowski in the show, met with Rebecca and Jack as Rebecca struggled with her grief over the lost triplet named Kyle, and he offered to them to meet them in their anguish. And he asked them if he had told them a story. And they said, yes, we've heard that story. And he said, then this is all I have to offer you. And he began to tell them a story of death. Exactly what we hear in the gospel today. The Lazarus story is told because people were hurting and in grief because their loved one was dying and died. And they reached out for help. Now, David Luce, one of my favorite scholars that I like to read, says that this, this text has three movements in it. 
It's the movement of the heartache and the movement of the miracle or the sign of God. And then the movement of the invitation. Most of us in our lives, we get caught up in what we call the movement of heartache. You see, Rebecca had three beautiful children. She went in the hospital to give birth to triplets. One of them passed away, but yet she gave birth to two healthy babies. And in the meantime, a baby appeared on the hospital steps and Jack and Rebecca decided to adopt Randall, a young African-American man whom they made fit into their family. But somewhere, the act of death, the, the pain and the grief of losing Kyle, the, the child who didn't make it through the birth, was eating at Rebecca. And she needed relief. She needed God to do something in her life, something in her life that said, you're important to me. That it's okay to love Kyle as you love your other kids. And they went to the only source they knew, the doctor who delivered the triplets. Where do we go? When we experience a grief and a pain so hard in our lives, do we try to fight it ourselves? Or are we willing to step into the heartache and take our heartache to God? They sent word to Jesus. And said to him, Lazarus is dying. Please come. Rebecca spoke to Dr. Katowski and said, I can't get over him. We don't even mention his name at birthday celebrations. And Jesus said, we'll stay here. We'll wait in this moment because Lazarus is not dead. He's only sleeping. He offered comfort in the moment for those who would believe. But yet we as people of God, people who walk in this world, we attach ourselves to things and we allow the hurt and the weight of the world to weigh us down. And we forget that God is in control of our lives. Dr. Katowski said this, I guess all I have to offer you is this. My wife and I were pregnant with our first child and every night I would lay my head on her belly and I would sing. Blue sky, smiling at me, nothing but blue skies, do I see? And at that baby's funeral when she didn't quite make it, I held my wife and We sing, blue sky, smiling at me, nothing but blue skies, do I see? And he said, you know what happened later was, I thought I would be broken forever. I didn't know if I could go forward anymore at the loss of a child, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a creation that I had helped made. I didn't know if I could go on, but yet God worked. God met me in our moments. God met me and my wife in our moment. And by a blessing of God, we became pregnant again. Jesus moved with his disciples. And he said, we won't go right now because Lazarus is only sleeping. And what we want to do in this instance is to glorify God. 
How many of us, when we're dealing with whatever it is we're dealing with in our lives, the grief, the anguish, the pain of the world, we want to glorify God in handling that. We want to turn it over to God and say, God, thy will be done and not my will be done. It took getting pregnant again for Dr. Katowski to get a healed heart again. And again, he said, I laid my head on my wife's belly, scared to death. And I sang, blue skies, smiling in me, nothing but blue skies, do I see. Every night he would sing to his baby who was in his his wife's womb and he would pray to God that that baby would, would be okay. Every day that Jesus waited, Mary and Martha and all of the Jews had got gathered around. They prayed and they hoped that God would show up and something miraculous would happen. And they grieved the death of their brother. The death of their brother whom they had laid in the tomb and they had rolled the stone over. And they went home and they were grieving his death. On the fourth day. Jesus decided to go to Bethany to see Mary and Martha and to glorify God. You see, John describes this not as a miracle of what's about to happen with Lazarus. John says it's a sign instead of a miracle. And the reason that the the gospel writer says it's a sign, it says instead of calling it a miracle because everybody stands in awe of the miracle... We should call it a sign of God because what it reveals about God is God's character and God's commitment to God's children. If we looked at everything in our life and every situation in our life, if we had hindsight as 2020 and we can look back and see the hand of God on our life, we can see God's character and God's commitment to us. And I promise you, God has never left us. God may have delayed God's coming a little for our agenda or God's coming for our schedule, but God never took God's hand off of us. God has always been committed to showing the sign in our life, just like he showed the sign in Dr. Katowski's life. Who knew he would ever tell that story about losing a baby and then gaining a baby again? Who knew that Dr. Katowski could look back with hindsight, with 2020 vision, and, and look backwards and say, Look, this is where God's hand was upon us. You see, for when God decided to move and Jesus decided to go the two miles to see Mary and Martha, he was ready to glorify God. And believe me, the doubt was in the air. Do we, people of God, ever doubt what God's doing in our lives? Do we sometimes think maybe God's forgotten us in our pain and that God doesn't love us? We think God's too busy for us, that God doesn't hear our cries, doesn't, God doesn't feel our heartaches, God doesn't understand our fear at a time, especially in this pandemic time that we're experiencing these days. God is with us. And God will do signs amongst this time to reveal his character and his commitment to us. Just as Jesus walked to meet Mary and Martha and greeted them. 
But you notice both women greeted Jesus the same way. Martha first and then Mary. Lord, if you had only. How many if you had onlys do we have in our lives? God, if you had only. If you had only. And we can talk about the things in our lives where all of our woundedness is. But we, the people of God, have to learn to give that woundedness to God so that God can do God's work. It's the greatest hurdle we as human beings face to admit we need God in all the hurt and pain of our lives, the struggles, the fears. It was so hard for Rebecca to come forth and say, what about Kyle? The kids were toddlers, four or five years old, and they were celebrating the birthday. And she couldn't celebrate because she wouldn't bring herself to deal with Kyle's grief. She wouldn't tell anybody. And we're the same way, and, and we, we postpone what it is God wants to do in our lives because we're not ready to glorify God in our lives and see that God is at work. God had given them a new son. His name is Randall. And he had made the, the it complete that the triplets, the, the mental picture of triplets they had, it was there. All three cribs were going to get used. All the, all the clothes they had bought, they were going to get used. And then God worked a sign. God worked what some of us want to say and will always tell the story as a miracle. But I want you to think bigger picture than just Lazarus. Because Jesus walks into the scene and he engages emotionally. He meets everyone where they are. He doesn't just meet Lazarus in the tomb. He meets Mary and he meets Martha. And if you'll notice, he meets all of the Jews who have gathered to mourn with them. And he feels compassionate towards them. And he allows himself to be in the moment of their life because the shortest text in the Bible, probably the most famous text in the Bible, the easiest question you'll ever get in Bible school, what's the shortest text in the Bible? Jesus wept. And we say it so flippantly that we don't understand the depth of compassion that our God has for each and every one of us. It may be the shortest text in the Bible, but it's one of the most powerful. Because of what it says to us, that God is willing to come and meet us right where we are, in the depth of our pain, in the depth of our fear, in the depth of the uncertainty of what's going on in our lives. God is with us. And God feels what we feel. Now, that doesn't mean God's going to forget about us. It means that if we allow God in, God will meet us and God will act. But we have to allow God in that moment. I can't imagine what it took for Rebecca to walk back into Dr. Katowski's office. Jack had to go with her. And they sat there and he said, uh, we lost the baby. And then we got pregnant again. And as scared as I was, I put my head, I, I made myself vulnerable again. 
I allowed myself to to love a baby that I hadn't seen, but yet in the back of my mind, the fear of losing the baby was there. But yet I put my head on her stomach every night and I sang those words, blue sky, smiling at me, nothing but blue skies do I see. And he looked Rebecca and Jack in the eye and he said, you know, at her wedding, We danced and I held her in my arms and I sang to her and I said, blue sky, smiling at me, nothing but blue skies do I see. And in that very moment of healing, in that very miraculous sign in that doctor's office, tears ran down her face. Jack strengthened his grip around her shoulder. But Rebecca began to heal. It was obvious that Rebecca could smile again and she could say the name of Kyle and be okay with it because she knew God was in the picture. She knew that she could embrace her other three children and and love them as she should and still love Kyle and it would be okay because God had spoken through Dr. Katowski and a little simple song. He meets us right where we are. And he cares enough about us to give us a sign that will change us. Martha, don't you believe? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? That whoever believes in me shall not not die, but have eternal life? John, unique as John is, continues to go to women to profess that the Messiah is here. Yes, Lord. You know I believe. Yes, Lord, I believe. And Jesus moves in the situation. And he walks to the tomb. And he says, roll back the stone. Open up the wound. Allow God to move wherever God wants to move in your life Open the door and let God in. Let God do what God needs to do in our lives so that you can glorify God. Can you imagine the fear in the crowd? It had to be intense. It was four days. The body decomposition after four days stinks. Can you imagine what they thought would happen? Can you imagine the odors? Just take a deep breath and visualize some of the worst odor you've ever smelt. When they began to open the tomb, you know they all just did this and reeled back. Because they were afraid. Sometimes when we're in the presence of God and God is doing a work in our lives, it scares us to death. And God asks one thing from us. Stay there. He didn't send everybody to the house. He didn't tell everybody, get back. 
He only gave one command. Open the door. Open your heart. Roll away the stone and let God work. He didn't whisper it. He didn't write it on a note. He didn't send it in a text. He didn't post it on social media. He commanded it. What God does in our lives when God decides to change something or to meet us in our pain, in our, in our suffering, in our struggles, in our lives, God speaks to it. Directly to it. Lazarus, come out. God's not afraid to walk where we walk. God knows what human pain is. Jesus has experienced the worst of all human suffering. And he meets us where we are. And he commands for the pain in our life to be changed. And on that day, lives were changed. More people changed their lives that day than Lazarus. More people rose from the dead that day than Lazarus. I had the pleasure this week of being with one of my close friends, and he has a hero preacher, and she's from back in the early 70s, and her name is Catherine Kuhlman. And she says this one verse, and I just laughed when I heard it. She says, I remember the day that Catherine Kuhlman died. She remembers the day that the Holy Spirit changed who she was. She remembers the day that God rolled up in her life and rolled the stone away and commanded whatever was wrong in Catherine's life to be gone. And Catherine was a changed individual. Her life from that day forward no longer represented the old Catherine Kuhlman. Can you imagine about Mary and Martha? They had invited Jesus in. Jesus loved them. He knew their family intimately. He loved Lazarus. But on that day, not only Lazarus rose from the dead. Martha had confessed, you are the one. Mary had witnessed what Jesus had done. There's not a chance that they could walk away from that experience that the old Mary and the old Martha had died. And a new proclamation would come from their life. It's the same thing in our lives. If we're going to let God in, we've got to let God in and we have to die to ourselves. We have to die to the intentions that we have for ourselves and allow God and the Holy Spirit to transform us. Rebecca would later face another death in her life. A death that she processed with grace and beauty because of her experiencing the process of Kyle's death. She had allowed God to heal her and grow her so that when death came knocking again, it still hurt, but she knew where to turn. Lazarus walked from the tomb. Mary and Martha and all of the Jews gathered around to see. Changed. Because God had spoken. And Lazarus came out. Exactly what God said would happen. Happened. 
the greatest thing that that family could ever imagine. The greatest outcome to their grief happened. But they were all different. Every one of them were different. They would no longer love one another as shallow as they had loved one another. They would no longer speak a different, the same witness they had always spoken because they had to talk about God and what God had done in their lives. I can't imagine that they talked about anything else for a while. He walked from the grave and the sign of God's commitment and God's character to God's human creation was so evident that God works for the good in all things, that God is with us, Emmanuel. God moved and Lazarus came out. Now Jesus could have taken the grave clothes off of Lazarus. But he didn't. That's our job. That's our job. God has moved in us. God has kept God's promise about the Messiah. God has told us how much God loves us. And God has been faithful to us. David Luce says, Jesus offers unto us an invitation to live out the love of God in our lives. To help our brother get out of his grave clothes. Set him free. Unbind him and set him free. The deepest hurt in Dr. Katowski's life, a a, a hurt I can't fathom, a hurt I don't want to know, the loss of a child. He used that pain to unbind and set free Rebecca because of what he had experienced. Jesus invited Mary and Martha and all the Jews together around Lazarus and to unwrap the grave clothes and set him free so that he could live life anew amongst them. Where has God moved in your life? What has God done in your life? What grave clothes have you came into the world with? Have you experienced in this world? And God has sent someone to your life to take them off. Can you imagine the conversation as they began to unwrap the wrappings off of Lazarus and who they talked about? The only person they could have even talked about that day while they helped Lazarus be unbound would be God. Why did Jesus say he was waiting? To bring glory to God. And so that the Son of God may be revealed in glory. What happened? They gathered around Lazarus. 
and began to peel the grave clothes off. In spite of the smell, in spite of what it looked like, in spite of who he was and what he had been through, the community gathered around him and peeled the clothes off and glorified God. We all have experiences in our life where we have allowed God to move and people have gathered around us and taken the grave clothes off. But it's up to us to accept the invitation to continue the journey and make a difference in this world in setting others free. Remember the day you died so that you can go and set others free and bring glory to God. Amen and amen. Thank you.